This is Andy. And this is Matt. And you're listening to The Hop Podcast with No Name. What a dumb name. It's so stupid. <laughs> stupid. And let's We're begin. <laughs> no! Uh, yes. An immediate switch just to, just to keep us fresh uh, for episode 20. That's the one. And I'm, I'm not doing the anniversary because I just couldn't figure it out. It was between like seven different options and we're just going with episode 20 and that's it. Um, early disclaimer. Yes. Because we are related, we both have some sort of cold. So if we sound slightly <laughs> off, we're sorry. And you might hear, there it is, coughing in the background. Uh, we'll po- apologize in advance. And hopefully it's... I'm not apologizing. Okay. I'll apologize <laughs> for both of us. That sounds right. And I'll take full responsibility <laughs> for not editing out every single cough or sneeze. Um, but hopefully there won't be many because we're professionals and we know, <laughs> we know what we're doing. All right. Hold it in. All right. You ready? Yeah. We're going to start where we always start, which was homework from last week. Right. Do you remember what it was? I do, Mm -hmm. because it was the easiest homework for me ever, (laughs) which was, hey, you all do something. Send us questions uh, as we go through this uh, next couple of sessions. We're going to do some, we've been calling it devil's advocate training. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Got it in one. And so we want to start with. Well, did you did you come up with anything yourself? I did email. <laughs> uh, you didn't get my email. <laughs> <laughs> you emailed me a question. Yeah, yeah. All right. So what we asked people to do was to give us some of the most common pushback that they receive. We're assuming, I mean, we could be assuming wrong, but we're assuming that the folks that are listening to this are generally trying to use hop within an organization or at least exploring whether or not they want to. And everyone who has ever tried to introduce this into a workspace has received some amount of pushback from somewhere. I'd go a step farther and yeah. say that even organizations that say they're doing sure. hop, yeah, absolutely. It's still pushback at some parts. So pretty much everyone, everyone. Yeah. yeah. And so what we thought we would try to do is help um, by addressing some of that pushback in a couple different ways. And so we asked folks to send what that pushback was. Matthew did not do his homework. Nope. My organization, (laughs) no pushback so far, (laughs) but I'll let everyone know if there is. But we did have some other people send us some pushback. So we're going to start with um, one of the quotes that we received. And the pushback was, hey, so we know that you want us to use these hop concepts, um, but but change is slow, and we do have some more important things to do, like make sure that we're financially viable. So this is just not something we can do right now. So that would be the perspective of sort of the leader, right? Yeah. Let's so, picture it as just so that we all have a similar frame of reference, even though this might not be the real scenario. Let's picture this as like a um, middle manager receiving pushback from someone above them in the organization. Okay. Can you read that one more time? Because I I think it's good now that we've set the stage. Yeah. Enter pushback. Enter pushback. (laughs) So pushback is, hey, like we understand that you want us to use these hop concepts, but also we've got other things that are more important and change is hard, right? Using these concepts requires us to do some change. And the more important things are like, hey, we have to make sure we're financially viable. Like 
that's going to trump everything else in terms of what we're going to be working on. Which, not uncommon. And I say that because we had, before we started uh, recording these episodes, we threw out a couple of potential mm. pushbacks, and that was on the list. So Absolutely. We, kn- we know that We've, it's We have heard we this before. Yes. A ton. And also, not wrong. Like, in terms of pushback, hey, change is hard. Absolutely correct. Nailed that part. <laughs> Two, we do have to make sure as a company we are financially viable. Because if we're not, it doesn't really matter how we're doing business. We won't be doing business at all. Yep. Yeah. So. Can't do the hop way if we think that's going to lead to us no longer being around. Correct. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. So I think maybe a way to frame up this pushback is we want to be able to articulate the business case for hop. Because certainly if I'm saying that we have other things we need to do, like be financially viable, then my assumption would be that this leader, their perspective is that hop is not going to help us be financially viable. Hop is actually maybe pushing against that or maybe maybe has no bearing on it or maybe directly opposes being financially viable. And so in order for us to make any sort of intellectual argument in this space, what we really would be trying to do is help somebody understand the business case. Yeah, for, for which, which there's a lot of reasons why you might say it, it's costly to make this change. Mm. One, because it's almost always takes a little more time Mm-hmm. When you're doing and the difference between root cause and corrective action in 24 hours versus I want to go run a learning team. I mean, that just sounds like more time mm. with you if you don't know anything else. Yeah. And then two, if some of the early results of any operational learning or hop related changes you want to make seem like they cost more money than you want to spend, then yeah. So both like from a cost cost and from a time perspective, they yeah. can seem like they're going to be costly changes. Right. And then also you have to invest some amount of time in people understanding what to do. And so that means some amount of training, some amount of hands-on activities as well. And all of that has a dollar amount associated with it. But you're a professional, as we've already established, (laughs) at making the business. You all did business case training, right? Oh, yes, we did. Yes, in my world, we actually, we we were um, sent to several trainings when I worked for directly for an organization uh, about making the business case. I don't know that that makes me a, a professional at that piece of it. Well, you've been paid to but make I've the business been, case. So by but, definition. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but but since then the I have absolutely bar, been paid the to make the business case. Of what a professional is. You've, you've, you are that. <laughs> my, my business case experience, by the way, was yes. just making an Excel spreadsheet. So just like, <laughs> if we do this, then this, then that, and so you're then the, money, numbers please. Guy. Yep. And they were like, okay, <laughs> sure. Okay. So let's just start with top level, a business case for hop. Yeah. Um, and sort of the, the most tangible financial one is the fact that it does save money and how it saves money is the fact that in this hop space, because we are being able to actually identify some of the real problems that we have, we are not wasting resourcing on things that are not going to bring us results. For example, we are not wasting people's time bringing them together to have a stand down about something in which that stand down will not make a change in what's actually happening. 
we are not going to be investing in technology that's like the I gotcha way of trying to manage people, which will not change the probability of the event happening. And so instead of putting resourcing into those places that maybe feel good in the short term, but don't actually change anything, we would be actually looking at the operational struggles that people are really facing. And we'd be addressing those system weaknesses and the brittleness there. I mean, we've actually been talking a lot about stand downs recently because for a <laughs> while, I mean, I, I, leg- I think I said this once on a different episode. I couldn't figure out why, why they were happening. Mm. I was like, wait, so you just, you get up in front of everyone and you say, don't, don't do this. We this happened, so don't do that. And then I thought about my work, and I was like, "Oh, we've definitely done that <laughs> a bunch of times, just in a totally different." You just didn't uh, call it a stand-up. Uh, yeah, a totally yeah. different setup. Um, but and you said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you out." Yes, because you said it doesn't change anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, that's but, fair enough. And I don't want to sidetrack us too much, but we do know that typically yeah. they change something. They change the short-term behavior that it that is observed. Correct. Yep. Which mm-hmm. is why they probably feel so good in the moment yeah yeah so people get a lot better at hiding things when we do things like, it's like yeah but when i say you got to stop at stop signs the next two weeks all i see is people stopping at stop signs all the time <laughs> me the leader as i'm on the floor <laughs> i see everyone stopping at, okay yeah. yeah sorry i could go through that rabbit hole you could not down it through, through it, it. <laughs> nail that nail that one <laughs> but yeah so if we looked at so if we're talking about not wasting resources if we looked at any of our quality investigations or safety investigations or anything to do with an operational upset and we look at our corrective actions, most likely most organizations will find that we reuse the same types of corrective actions over and over again. We either retrain people, we change something in the procedure slightly, or we underline and bold something that is already there, or we add a second set of eyes to something. And yet we find those same things happening over and over. And so we put a lot of time and energy trying to solve problems without actually identifying the real problems. And we know this because we see the same solution sets being put in place and not a lot of tangible results in terms of those types of incidents changing. I think the the phrase I hear often is, well, people got complacent and we need to remind them. Mm. And so... We, we reminded them last year we had no repeated incidents for a year. Got to remind them again because we just had one. Yeah. But we just don't change what we do. We just remind them, just remind <laughs> we just remind them again. That's all we have to do. Yeah. Um, so when we stop trying to just focus on making people less human, because that's really what we're trying to yep. do, is like, hey, we want you to pay more attention than a human can generally pay. We want you to make sure you see all these details all the time in a way that humans don't do well. We want you to repetitively do the same thing over and over again perfectly in a way that humans don't do well. When we stop doing that, well, then we actually find ourselves finding some real changes that we can make, and we're not wasting our resourcing somewhere else. Um, the other thing that we don't spend a lot of money on is uh, we don't end up firing people that don't need to be fired or writing people up that don't need to be written up or, I mean, basically taking a productive member of our organization and making them feel lesser than. We don't do that nearly as often. Um, And so all of that adds up to financial 
positives as well when it is extremely expensive to to remove somebody from your organization and get somebody else trained up for their position. I mean, I, I don't even think it's possible. I mean, it is possible, but incredibly challenging to quantify how much it costs to remove someone with five, 10, 15 years experience yeah. to what that means to the business. Yeah. And then Sarah, we'll just start out with someone else who can follow these rules better. <laughs> I don't know what you're looking for, but they won't make that mistake Yeah. until they do. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of downstream effects from putting somebody newer in a position, right, With without the experience um, that the person who we just let go had. All right, so high-level summary of the business case is the fact that we are not wasting resourcing solving the wrong problems. We are better identifying system problems, and we are not confusing our system problems with person problems which means we're not letting go of employees that don't need to be let go, period. That's about as straightforward as it could be. I mean, it'd probably be a little bit more straightforward, but I, mean, I guess that's yeah. about as good as I'm going to get. That's, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I meant, sorry, I didn't carry that. That's about as straightforward as it could be from you. From me, yeah. Which is, yeah. Um, but there's a second piece to this. Yeah. Right, because if somebody gives you the pushback of like, hey, we don't have time for this, right? We need to be financially viable. You could intellectually argue with them about, hey, we're, this is actually allowing us to save resourcing. This is allowing us to make sure that we're solving the real problems. You could have that argument. But it doesn't always mean that it's going to stick. Oftentimes, it's going to fall on deaf ears. The person's already made up their mind. Um, the person has a preconceived notion as to what HOP is. And the words that we say are probably not going to make a difference. And so oftentimes in this space of being within an organization and trying to make this change, it's a lot less about arguing or trying to have somebody see something differently intellectually. And it's a lot more about getting permission to try to prove it. And that's where we should spend just a little bit of time. Yeah, I think because I would say a majority of the time mm. – that we hear about these conversations or even if we're a part of them, it is not, um, Hey, we, I had one conversation and now we have full approval to do everything different. <laughs> that is not, That'd be great, what happens. But that's not what happens. Uh, it, honestly, it's probably a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B where a conversation happens and maybe there is some just high level intellectual back and forth, but no one's going to change their mind in one conversation. So mm -hmm. then what the ask is, is what we'll talk about now. Yeah. Which is what can someone do to maybe showcase what a change could look like. Yeah. To give actual evidence. Yeah. Um, and prove it is hard, right? Like that's like a high bar to set for anyone. But if we're picturing the same scenario with a middle manager and a leader being like, oh, we just don't have time to do this. Um, what has been helpful for organizations is when you as the person receiving that pushback as the middle manager, you know that there is a, there's absolutely a difference in how you're solving problems and what you're even identifying as the problems. And so then all that you're asking for in that moment is permission to prove it, which in this case would be like, I don't know, find um, one of the burning platforms of the leadership team. Uh, maybe not something that has a million eyes on it, right? You don't want to start enormous in terms of the scope of what you're trying to address. But let's say you've had a quality uptick in a certain area. Um, you've got some 
safety difficulties in a different area, you pick one of those areas, even if an event hasn't happened recently, and you just know that historically we've had difficulties with them. And then you go operationally learn. And you don't even have to do it formally, right? You don't have to bring together a learning team. You just take whatever time that you have out in the fields and you learn directly from the folks who are executing the work what it's like to do that work. And in doing that, you inevitably identify operator struggles, brittleness in the system, places where it's super easy to mess things up. And that's the information that you then package up to bring back to the leader and be like, hey, historically, the way we have tried to solve this problem is we've retrained people, I don't know, 20 times in this area. We have rewritten several things in the procedure and we still seem to have the same types of difficulties. But when I went out to learn, let me tell you what I heard. And then we're listing off the operational struggles, the things that are making it very difficult to do whatever process well. Um, and those are far more tangible than many of the other problems that we've tried to uh, articulate. Like historically we've articulated, well, people just aren't paying enough attention. Well, when you can take that information, this sort of amorphous statement of people aren't paying enough attention and say, well, actually at Operation 7, it's really difficult to be able to do these three things at the same time and it's easy to miss one of them. That is a discrete thing that we can go prove, improve the process around. And that's what you want to bring back to people so that they can clearly see the difference between historically, this is what we would have learned and this is how we would have tried to address the problem. But with the hop lens and operational learning, here are the discrete difficulties that I learned in just having direct conversation respectfully with the people who execute this work. And you're saying, I mean, you're saying in, in the sort of compare and contrast, mm. here's what we would have done. Mm. But for the contrast, you're not saying here's what we should go and do. You're just explaining why. So I'm just curious. I want to get that better flushed out. Yeah. So if somebody's coming and giving me pushback as the leader, the thing that I would be saying is, hey, I mean, I don't disagree with you. Would it be okay, though, if I go and do some operational learning in area X and see if I can learn something different than what we've done historically? Period. That's it. That's it. That's all you're asking for. And then, but, but then when you bring it back. Yes. The conversation is, hey, I went and learned. Here's what we would do historically in this situation. And here's actually what's happening. Correct. Okay. And just being able to compare those two things. Because I was, I was curious if it was, here's what historically we would have done, and here's what's happening, and therefore we should go and do X. Oh, well, I mean, if, if the folks close to the work, when you're talking to them, have ways to address it, then absolutely, I would include that in the conversation. But for the most part, like organizations that have done this comparison, even just being able to compare how we're defining the problems is helpful, even if we don't have a great solution for all of the different problems. But oftentimes, people close to the work do have a, an amazing suggestion on how to address some of them okay yeah. that makes sense all right to me yeah well we'll see if it makes <laughs> no sense idea. no idea yeah. makes sense no idea <laughs> we can't make any guesses yeah okay so high level high level summary high level summary the intellectual argument of the business case in hop at least one of the directions is that hey we actually end up solving system problems the real problems that people are facing and in doing that we're not wasting resourcing trying to solve the wrong problems, including the fact that we often label things as people problems when they're not. 
And so we're not wasting resourcing trying to fill somebody else's shoes that honestly didn't need to be exited from the organization. The, hey, can I go do this to prove it to you piece of it is, would it be okay for me to go do some learning? You don't even have to call it operational learning with the folks, the end users of this process so I can see if we can learn something differently than what we've done before to actually define some of the problems that people are facing. And recognize that it's likely going to be more than one conversation. I'll just add that in. Sure, absolutely. It might be that you have to prove that uh, time and time again, mm. and you have to unfortunately be incredibly resilient in your own conversations, but consistently bringing evidence that shows the difference. Yep. Is, gonna make make a difference yeah and also you get to solve real problems in the process so it's the fun like you're you're actually addressing the difficulties while helping people see that the approach of how you would learn and what you would learn about and who you would talk to is incredibly helpful all right episode 20 check Check. (laughs) (laughs) nailed it maybe i don't know uh but we are going to continue sort of this devil's advocate style of training is there homework? I think it's the same. It's the same. Yeah. Send, send us, us any send questions. us your pushback. Yeah. Um, and we'll address it as best as we can. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening. Take care. Well, that's it. Yep. Another one in the books. <laughs> we did it. If you want to send us any of your thoughts, actually fling us any of your thoughts, you can do so at the website www.hoppodcast.com. That's H-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. That's still such a stupid name. (laughs) It's such a stupid name. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening.